people welcome to people's stories thank you so much for tuning in i'm your host priyanka oja and i hope you enjoy the session welcome to today's episode today i want you to stop and think about a line all of us have heard almost a million times and the line is follow your passion all of us have thought about it at least once you know there is that thing that sparks energy in you that excites you that thing that you would like to do every single day and imagine you can be paid for it or rather imagine that you don't have to think about money what is that thing that you would like to do now whether you belong to that category who's already figured it out or you belong to that category who's still trying to figure it out or you're waiting for the right opportunity for the right time we have something for all of you in this particular episode So now let me introduce our guest who has not only been able to find out what he's passionate about but is also living his dream life right now. I'm super happy to introduce all of you to Chris Johnson. Thank you so much Chris for joining us today. Yeah, good morning I'm Ian. Thanks for having me on the show. <laughs> It's an absolute pleasure to have you here. Um so uh, before I before we dive deeper into our conversations if you want to talk about yourself um just introduce yourself to the audience. Sure, my name's Chris Johnson. I'm from uh, a town of about 60,000 people called Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Uh born real close to there but grew up there my whole life still own a house there. I opened my own skateboard shop after quitting like a corporate type job back in 2014 and I've been doing that ever since for a living and then about a year and a half ago I started my own show which is called The Passion Pod where I talk with other people that are pursuing careers based on their passions. It's like a inspirational sto- storytelling kind of show. The the whole point of the show is to inspire the people listening to go, "Hey, all these people are doing something that they really love for a living. How can I try to do that myself?" Yeah. I saw that you won the local podcast award in your area. That's really nice and and a huge congratulations to you of course you're doing a good job there. <laughs> Now, let's begin with the beginning. So I would want to um first understand about your childhood because I'm assuming that the 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 place where you are from, the city, it's like a smaller town and generally everybody knows everybody. Um so how was it, you know, growing up? what's how would you describe it i mean it was cool it was really mellow i had like a pretty normal childhood when it comes to like you know american dream type lifestyle i had one older sister i have one older sister her name's kate she's 2 years older than me um she actually works for google out in california she's got her doctor degree so she's super smart and <laughs> in comparison i'm not <laughs> but yeah so i got one older sister um My parents bought the house that I grew up in when I was 2 years old and I lived there my whole life really until I was an adult and moved away and then I actually recently bought that house so I'm still in the house that I grew up in which is kind of crazy. Um but yeah it's a town of 60 some thousand people so eventually the longer you stay the more everyone kind of gets to know each other. Our town is on uh it's called Oakleer and it stands for Clearwater and it's on a confluence of two rivers. That's the downtown area. It's right where two rivers meet and my shops right off of that. Mm-hmm. So the downtown community itself isn't really that big which is cool cuz then when you open a business like that you end up getting to know all the other business owners pretty quickly cuz yeah. we all donate to the same like events we all sponsor the same events and and you always see all the same people so it's like 
it's a blessing in the way that if you do things right, you can build a reputation relatively easily yeah. because there's not that many people, but you really got to be careful not to make anyone <laughs> angry either. Yes. Uh, yeah. I think that's the disadvantage of the situation that um, uh, basically uh, in, in smaller towns, uh, the words really spread faster. And um, if you do something wrong, then also people would know faster, right? Right. But thankfully, so where I live, we're about 90 miles east of Minneapolis, Minnesota, which I'm not sure how familiar you guys are with that, but it's a pretty one of the bigger cities anyways. So anything that I wanted to do that my town didn't offer, like a big show or event or something, it wasn't that far to be able to get out to Minneapolis to go to. Did this ever come to your mind that you would also want to move to Minneapolis? Yeah. I mean, when I was younger, you get that whole mindset of like, where I grow up sucks. It's boring. And I want to go elsewhere and see all the cool (laughs) stuff, you know? And then, I took a job in the Minneapolis area when I was like 20 or 21, something like that. In general, so I graduated high school. Um, Here it's 18. You graduate, you're an adult. And I moved up to Michigan for a summer. Um, And then I went to college in uh, Duluth, Minnesota, which is way northern Minnesota. And then I decided I didn't need college to be able to do sales and management, you know, the type of things that I do. So then I moved back to Eau Claire, um, worked there for a year. And then got a job in Minneapolis because I was trying to do the, you know, climbing the whole, you know, corporate chain thing. Lived out in Minneapolis for a year and hated it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then ended up wanting to move right back to Eau Claire and then haven't, haven't, well, I travel a lot, but, but I don't plan on moving out of Eau Claire anytime soon. I really like it there. Uh huh. And um, why skateboarding? <sighs> That's tough. Why does anyone do anything <laughs> they love, right? I started skateboarding. Let's see, I'm 30. So about 20 years ago, when I was maybe 10 or something like that was uh-huh. when I started skateboarding. I'm not 100% sure why. It might have been... I mean, at that time, skateboarding was already starting to get on TV. Um, I was talking to you about this before the show, but Tony Hawk, like the Tony Hawk video game series is one of the best video game series, like best-selling games of all time. So everybody had that video game when I was a kid, which anytime you have a big pop culture thing like that, that's what introduces a lot of young kids into things. Uh So everybody wanted a skateboard when that video game came out. And I also got one like a lot of people. Yeah. And I just kind of gravitated towards it. But I didn't really like... I wasn't super hooked immediately. It wasn't like I did that and stepped on a board and I was done with anything. Mm-hmm. I still did other sports. I played a lot of like school sports and stuff growing up. And then it was when I hit high school that I realized I wasn't good at any of the other sports, not good enough to like actually start and play in games. So it felt like a waste of time. So then all of my time that was going into basketball and, and tennis and whatever else, it all just got funneled in skateboarding. Yeah. Okay. And then I spent like all my time doing that. Like all of high school. So I, I'm just wondering about this um, whole situation where, because you also said that you were in the corporate for some time, uh, you wanted to start your you know career and grow up the ladder. And then you basically sort of quitted it and you started your own business, you know, because that was something that was more fun um, and involving. Um, was this decision difficult for you to take? No, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that happened in like my personal life at the time. So over the course of like a, a two year time frame, um, I got married and then my parents got like split up. My dad had a really bad heart attack and spent a couple of well, more than a couple of months waiting for a heart transplant. Oh, and he okay. ended up getting a heart transplant. My parents get divorced. I end up having my first child. 
And it was kind of like all these things that that make you kind of look at life a little bit differently, mm-hmm. you know, because at the time, like I said, I was young. I was like 21, 22 during during that time frame. And at the time, I was still in that selfish, naive stage of my life where it was like, I want to be successful, which in my mind, because that's what they kind of teach you, especially in capitalist America, is that means making money. So I made a pretty good amount of money when I was like 22. But once you have a kid and you see, you know, one of your parents almost die like that and their lives kind of fall apart, it makes you kind of rethink it. Like what's really important in life? Is it money or is it something else? What does success look like to you? Mm-hmm. And I think the the big thought in my mind was, especially because of having having my first daughter, was if I were to suddenly die tomorrow, would I be happy about how I spent my time? And the answer was no, I wouldn't have been very happy about how I spent my time. I was working for Verizon Wireless at the time, a huge company, and I made pretty good money, but I felt like I was only contributing to you know, problems in the world. I wasn't helping anybody. I was mm-hmm. just getting my share of what that company made. I wanted to do something that if I died, that I would be proud of. And that's what opening my own business about something I was passionate about. That was why I wanted to do that. That was the main, you know, deciding factor. There's obviously more to it, but that was the main driving factor. For me, I'm a really decisive person. So when I pick something, when something hits my mind that I want to do it, I don't agonize over it. I just kind of go. Okay. So I made the decision. <laughs> I made the decision in December of 2013 that I wanted to open a skateboard shop. And a month later, I signed a lease for a building to open the business. Yeah. Okay. There's a book uh, called Blink. It talks about. Um, taking decisions quickly and not, you know, going into that analysis paralysis situation where you just keep analyzing and never you really take up take that step up. And I think it's it's also one of the good strategies that you do not overthink about stuff and just really went into to do what you really wanted to do, right? Right. Uh, and now if, um, so basically you said a question earlier that if I, if you die tomorrow, would you be happy or not? Can you answer yes to that question now? Yeah, I think so. I feel <laughs> really comfortable with that. There's still some things that I want to do, but I'm really proud of the way that I've spent my time so far. If I were to die, I wouldn't regret how I spent it. So what's not the, anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so how does your day look like? What do you do and uh, what do you love about your work? Oh, I love all of it. The, I, so I've been in sales since I was young. And the what I loved about sales is meeting new people and having new conversations all the time. I'm very extroverted. So I love talking with people. Uh, but before I was selling products I didn't believe in and I just felt kind of greasy. You know what I mean? Like it, I was selling stuff I didn't really want to sell and yeah. I didn't like it. Yeah. Now I like to have the mentality with my store that I don't sell anything to anybody. People mm-hmm. just buy stuff because they like being there. So yeah. that's that's my favorite part is just hanging out with kids. It's kind of like uh, when I was growing up, there was a skateboard shop in town before. This was years and years before I opened mine. And it was kind of like the clubhouse. You know, after okay. school, me and all the other kids, we went down there and that was like our hangout spot. And yeah, we bought boards and stuff there, but we hung out there and then we'd go skate from there, you know, get stopped by the cops or whatever, and then go back to the skateboard shop. And that was kind of like how we spent all of our time. You know, that was the cool spot to hang out. I wanted to kind of provide that. Like I said, I, I was a father already opening the business and I wanted to provide that like cool hangout spot that kids could be there, but their uh-huh. parents trusted that it was okay for them to spend time down there. Mm -hmm. So I could just kind of be this like cool older brother kind of person, like mentor to all the kids. And that's what I found that I really, really enjoyed was being able to mentor people and and just hang out with people. And then the money kind of comes, you know, if you treat people well and you provide the right services, 
people tend to enjoy the business. Mm -hmm. But that transitioned really into the podcast, too, because the whole point of the podcast, like I said, is to inspire people to look at what are they passionate about? How can they incorporate that more into their lives? And it really is like a similar conversation that I'm having you know, in a different dynamic, but with my guests that I have with kids all the time in my store. And that's, that's where I think I find the most enjoyment and the most fulfillment out of. When you speak to so many people and um, if there is something that you can sort of sum up and, um, you know, bring it together as to what they think, you know, what's important to people in general about, um, about life. Sure. Well, the point of life, right, is to live your own because it's only your life. It's nobody else's. The problem is, is people get stuck into living a life based on other people's expectations, whether it's their parents or their, their coworkers or their bosses. They get into this lifestyle of trying to do what other people want them to do, succeed by other people's standards. And then what happens is they look back on that time and they didn't do anything that they wanted to do. Other people were proud of them, but they weren't proud of themselves. And that's where the problem is, right? You have one life on this earth, depending on how you you know view that. But in general, you have one life on the earth. How are you going to spend your time? And realistically, we say, you know, in America, we like to live by this idea of the pursuit of happiness. That's like mm -hmm. what we call it. Mm -hmm. Realistically, most people, they get lost in the pursuit of success and money. But if you look at the whole idea of the pursuit of happiness, money is a tool that is kind of necessary to a certain degree. But happiness is something totally different. So you have to look at how can I be a happier person? What can I do to change my lifestyle so that way I'm a happier person? Mm -hmm. And in my opinion, a lot of that goes into, are you incorporating your passions into your life? Are you passionate about the things you're spending, you know, about the way that you're spending your time, the things that you're choosing to do? Mm -hmm. And if you do that, I think you're going to be a lot more fulfilled and, you know, you'll enjoy how you spent your time a lot more. Have you basically come to that conclusion that, okay, you can identify your passion this way? Well, I like to think of it this way. If all of a sudden you won the lottery, if all of a sudden money wasn't an issue and money, it just didn't matter to you anymore, how would you choose to spend all of your time? Is there a way that you can do that now and make enough money to support yourself? Right. Uh -huh. If your if your idea is to talk to people, so example, like with your podcast, if all of a sudden money wasn't an issue, would you choose to then spend 30, 40 hours a week talking to people, doing a podcast? If that's the case, then that's probably where your passion lies, at least in this moment. But remember, too, people's passions, their values, their goals, their beliefs, all these things are fluid and they change over time. Just because you identify in that way at one point doesn't mean that you have to be that way forever. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you have something like that. So, so example, skateboarding. Right. That was my passion. There's mixed in things with that skateboarding. Yes. And I love it and I want to share it with people. But I also really enjoy talking to people. So I was able to combine those two things in defining a career with it. Yeah. And that's a lot of times what it's like with, with a lot of these people that I talk to. It's about finding where can you figure out an industry and a job that fits what your passions are. Because mm -hmm. unfortunately, if, if you're making money, it's probably a job. Like You, you probably still have to do some things you don't want to do. It's more about overall being really satisfied with whatever it is. Yeah. So like I said, if talking with people is what it is. What's your goal? Why, why do you like talking to people? What kind of conversations? Is it because you're trying to teach people? Is it because you're trying to, you know, educate yourself or if you're trying to inspire or whatever, wherever that lane is, identify that and think, how can I make money doing something like that? But it yeah. comes down to, like I said, if money was an issue, how would you spend your time? That's, that's probably what you're most passionate about in my it, mind. 
yeah i think i think that's like a good idea you know because um i mean uh, to all our listeners as well when when they are thinking about what do they really want to do and they still if they still have the option um and sort of the opportunity to be able to do that they something that they really want um and are still struggling with identifying i think this could be one way they could um you know try to understand uh, what could their passion be so um, yeah. and i think i also think though that people need to be patient with themselves and you know understand that it's okay to make mistakes and not be able to figure these things out but then take active steps right so one thing that happens in america a lot anyways and i'm sure it's everywhere is people go to college with the idea that i want to be whatever you know whatever it is a teacher or whatever it is yeah they go to college they get out of college and they realize they don't really like doing it and now they just wasted all that time, right? Yes. So I always try to encor- I always try to encourage like high school kids, college kids that come through my shop, go job shadow, whatever it is. If you're not sure, think of a few different things that you think you might like doing. Contact a company or somebody you know that does that and ask them if they would be willing to let you job shadow them for a day. Mm-hmm. People used to do this a lot more than they do it now. Yeah. They're probably not going to charge you any money. And if you spent a full day through their workday with them like that, you're going to gain a lot more insight whether or not you actually like that. Mm-hmm. And give yourself – be patient. So, I mean, you if you gave yourself a year – to work a whatever job, but on the side, really focus on like, what is it that I want? And you job shadowed somebody every week. That's 52 different types of careers you could look into and you'd probably, you know, give yourself a higher probability of figuring it out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I totally agree with this uh, approach. Um, but then it's it's also about the culture, right? So um, I understand in the US, from, from how we are discussing about stuff, it could be a little more open. Um, and honestly speaking, I'm not aware about how things are right now in India, um, because I am I am right now living in Germany, so I'm not very sure about how situations have changed. But when I was there, um, I would say there was honestly a little lesser exposure to, to things. So for us, it's either um, either you you do engineering or you become a doctor. You know, one of those things if you are getting into education. Um, or now people have started thinking about commerce and uh, these areas. But you know, when you, if, for example, let's say I was very good, I was a good singer <laughs> when I was younger. And if I told my parents that um, I want to become a singer, they would probably be a little scared as to, okay, is this a good area to go in? And honestly speaking, while I'm saying this, um, I think I also had this fear in my mind that uh, if I follow, let's say, singing as one of my professional, you know, the final career, maybe I'm not that successful. So I think it's also about the about the culture there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that happens in America and, and, and too. Each family dynamic is totally different, right? Some parents put significantly more pressure on what they think you should do. Some parents aren't involved at all. It really depends. But I agree. I mean, each in, each individual culture may treat it differently. But the problem is, right, at the end of the day, either you're happy with how you spent your life or you're not, <laughs> regardless of how anybody else feels. That's what yeah. it comes down to, right? Even if Even if you were to like your parents were to be super mad at you for years or what, or whatever the case is. Ultimately, if you, if you're going to do what they wanted you to do and you're not going to be satisfied, you're, you're stuck in a rough place and and you probably want to figure out something else. It may, it may be tougher to make, you know, come to that conclusion. But, but even at that point, then if you're worried about it being a money thing, this is one thing that happens, right? Is when we're younger, we're not concerned about money. Hmm. So we do the things that we enjoy, hmm. like singing, even though it makes you no money, you invest time into singing just because you like it. Well, the problem is, is you become an adult 
And now all of a sudden you have bills to pay and you start thinking of time as money and you only want to spend your time doing things that help you within your career. And those things that you're just passionate about that don't make money that you don't think you'll have a career on, they take a back seat and you never do them, which is really unfortunate because those are things you love. They don't have to make you money. You know, so if we can hone in and focus and remember, hey, this is something I really enjoy doing. It's irrelevant if it makes me money. I should try to give myself an hour a day to do this or uh-huh. whatever it is. It's just people kind of they throw it on the back burner because it's no longer important. Well, it's no longer important because it doesn't make them money. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree to every single thing that you're saying. And honestly, I have also experienced some of it. But then the whole idea of this conversation is to try to understand because you are following your passion and you are doing something that you really like about it. I'm sure you're also facing facing some challenges, you know, be, because having your own, um, you know, being an entrepreneur, for example, is not is not an easy thing to do and you have to drive it constantly. So is there something that you want, would want to share, like a challenge or a failure that you faced and how you overcame it? Yeah, I mean, being an entrepreneur... I- it's it's difficult for a couple of reasons. Um, the main one is that you have to be extremely like self-driven because you don't have a boss that's going to tell you when you can't do something. So what happens with a lot of people, not because they're naturally lazy, but because they don't have to be anywhere, they tend to take too many vacations. They spend, tend to spend too much money or whatever because those resources are there and they're not disciplined enough. Hmm. So that tends to, tends to be an issue. Hmm. I would say like my biggest challenge with my business is that everything's everything's changing and I have to try to predict what's going to work and what isn't. So, for example, like I was really set in my mind when I opened that this was going to be a board shop, not just skateboards. I was going to sell snowboards and stuff, too, because I grew up snow, snowboarding. Mm-hmm. Really set in my mind that this is what I wanted to do, despite the fact that there wasn't a huge demand for it in my town. So I invested all this money to carry snowboards the first couple of winters and lost a whole bunch of money because I was too stubborn mm-hmm. <laughs> and wanted to have it anyways, rather than really looking at it like at a, you know, from a business mind of whether or not there's a demographic. And unfortunately, when you work for yourself, you have to eat all of those problems. When you invest that money, you can't blame it on anybody else. You just kind of have to deal with it. So the advice that I would give to somebody when you have an idea, yes, you have to be stubborn in the fact of like, you need to be able to make things happen, but you need to be able to adjust the plan, be able to adjust the course of what you're trying to do based on how everything else is working around you. If you're trying to do something and you seem to come to roadblock after roadblock after roadblock, maybe you're going about it the wrong way. You know what I mean? Maybe that aspect of the, of the business, maybe that aspect needs to, needs to change. Yeah. You need to be willing to be open, open to doing that. And I think, I think it's also important to um, realize this fact as early as possible in your um, business career, you know, because I mean, the later you do that, the more money you lose basically. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I would say too, I, I tell, I talk about this on the show a lot, but I think one of the like biggest things in business as far as like whether or not you're successful, one of the deciding factors is whether or not you can identify the right opportunities. Because mm-hmm. if you're good at what you do, opportunities will present themselves all the time. People will want to work with you. Brands will want to work with you. Everyone's going to come to you and say, let's do, you're going to want to do this because it's going to make you all this money. People are going to do that all the time. But people who are really good at business are the ones who recognize the right opportunities and then don't hesitate and pounce on those opportunities. Mm-hmm. 
but yeah. that takes time to kind of like learn. And again, that comes down to being decisive. Hopefully. Yeah. Because if you sit, if you sit and you don't take advantage of the opportunity right away, somebody else is going to nab it. But did you, uh, okay. So now, um, when, when you started your business, was, was this the case that you sort of, um, took every opportunity that came in or were you decisive about, okay, I want to do this and I do not want to invest my time on some specific thing? Well, the problem is I said yes to too many things mm. right away. I, I wouldn't say I did to everything, but too many. Yeah, you know, okay. I was naive and was convinced by other people. I didn't trust my own gut enough because I, I was going into this business young. I opened my store when I was 23 and I knew that I didn't know that much about what I was doing. Yes, I'd been in sales and management and retail for a long time, but I didn't know much about entrepreneurship or, or, or any of that side of it. So I tended to say yes to people because they were selling me on whatever the idea is, whether it was a brand or, or whatever it was. I tended to say yes too easily and not trust myself. And after a little while, I realized that unless a, unless a situation is mutually beneficial, right? unless I'm also gaining from this opportunity, then it's really not fair and it's not worth my time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because everyone's going to be asking for a favor. So I like to think of it in this way. I try not to ask anybody for a favor. I try to only ask or bring something up to somebody if I think it also benefits them. So that way, neither of us feel like we owe the other person anything. Yeah, it's, it's, If you can identify that and you realize when somebody comes to you, if you're like, wait a second, I don't feel like this is a, a mutually beneficial situation. Just explain it to them and say, hey, I'd love to help you out, but I don't think this really helps me at this current point in time. So good luck. I'm sorry. I, you know, wish you the best. It's just kind of hard to say no to people when they're like asking for something. Yes. You have to be willing to say no. Absolutely agree. So there is this win-win strategy that we are taught in the business school, basically, where where you have to think about the other person as well. And that's one of the best sales strategy because you are not only thinking from your own selfish interest perspective as to what's what you are going to get out, out of something, but then also what the other person is going to get out of it, right? So, I mean, from right. that perspective, this is, I think, one of the best strategies you can follow if you can follow it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and with the help of the internet, you know, now now you don't have to look at just the people that are directly around you and find those situations. You can find, I mean, yeah, you're in Germany and we just found a cool way that we can benefit each other. Yeah. You know what I mean, like there's, 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 so many opportunities now that are out there, everybody's available, that it's a lot easier, I think, to identify those. So basically, earlier, we were limited by the extent of people we know or the circle we have. But now it's so much more broader. It's like you have the whole universe to do whatever you would really want to do. You just have to take that step. (laughs) Right. Well, and that comes down to what you're talking to about, like what your parents think is successful or whatnot, is times have changed. The world constantly changes. And the things that are very realistic now as a career didn't exist before. Absolutely. Yeah. You you know, you growing up now, if you're in your 20s or 30s, you have a better understanding of what's realistic for a career than what your parents do because you grew up in a different time frame with different tools available to you. That that totally happens. And in fact, for my siblings, for my younger siblings, I always keep telling my parents, okay, you do not have to be so strict about it. Let them do what they want to do, you know, because now I just see things in a different way and that's the whole idea of doing this podcast because I want to bring along you know how people think about things because it has changed so much and yeah if it helps anybody (laughs) that's the whole idea if you have to sort of um you know not compare but look at it from an external perspective in in bigger cities and you know uh, the bigger areas do you see any differences um that are there the, the difference and why I didn't enjoy living in, in a bigger city 
was the anonymity of it. Whenever you mm-hmm. went somewhere, you just kind of assumed you would never run into this person again. So say you're waiting in line at like a grocery store, right? If you were to ask like where I'm from, you tend to just kind of chit chat with the people around you, just friendly banter about whatever. And it's kind of important to always be friendly and nice to people because you're going to see them again. But I felt, and this is just my experience, that in a larger city, you're so much more anonymous because you probably won't see this person again. You just have the assumption in your mind that this person doesn't isn't going to have an effect on you. So you tend to treat people a little bit differently. You don't tend to put as much energy into like you know, building those types of relationships. And that's about, you know, when you go out and about too. you know, again, with COVID, people aren't going out to bars and, and stuff like that. But if I'm downtown, I got a downtown business owner. If I go to any of the events and stuff like that, it's important for me to network and be friends with everybody that's around in mm-hmm. that. because at any point in time, any of them could become really important in a totally different situation because we're all kind of stuck in the same spot. Yeah. But really what it comes down to, and I like I kind of live by this whole thing I keep saying, is mutually beneficial. That's the only way that relationships are going to work. If you, t- if you take away like love and, and everything else that's involved with it, but if you look at just the relationship, the only way for it to be healthy is if it's what's best for both people. And granted, you go through cycles where, you know, for a year – or, or whatever it is, you know, one person is really leaning on the other. Mm-hmm. And that's okay, because that's part of relationships, too. But overall, you, you need to be able to build each other up. And if that's not happening, it's going to be really draining on one person. It's not going to be healthy, and it's not going to last. So um, generally, for example, for us, um, especially in India, we are taught, um, and, and I really admire this, this part about how we are taught about things. So uh, relationships are sort of your backbone. So when you are facing some issue or, you know, that rough patch of your life is going on, you can sort of rely on your relationship with your friends, family, and um, find that comfortable, sweet spot to bounce back again. Uh, Do you also see things in this way? Yeah, I think so. Like I said, that's that's where I'm talking about how at some point, you know, you lean on the other person. But the only reason you're comfortable leaning on the other person is because you know that you would be there for them as well. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that and that's that's really when relationships become stronger anyways, is when when you each go through scenarios like this. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? You have a really, really bad day and you know who you can call and talk to. But then they end up being the person who calls you when they're having a really bad day. And then that's when all of a sudden you come you become really close because you're both really vulnerable, vulnerable around each other. And, yeah, I agree. That's the heart. You know, the relationships are the heart of everything. They're much more important than money or anything else. Mm -hmm. And that's why you see like within businesses, people tend to want to work with their friends. They want to work with people that they enjoy. They want to work with people that they can trust on like a friendship relationship, you know, space much more than just somebody that they worked with at some point at some point in time that's what Absolutely. you tend to see in business mm-hmm. yeah yeah that that also makes sense you know i mean of course um it, it could it cannot be just one person benefiting from a relationship it has to be nature has basically built things that way you always have to be in symbiosis right so everybody right. should benefit from everybody of course that's that's also one thing and um so now uh, chris if you let's say we have to talk about your perfect day things when everything is falling in the right way and everything is happening ni- nicely you know what would your perfect day look like like how do you see it Oh, man, I have so many interests that it's hard to fit things in one day. Let's assume time's not a huge issue. So I'm going to go, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to have coffee in my hot tub at my house because that's like the best way for me to wake up. I'm going to do that. Then I'm going to go swim some laps at a pool to make sure I have some exercise. 
then I'm going to go to my shop and I'm going to order some merchandise, hang out, sell a few things. But I'm going to have to leave early because I have to go interview this super cool guest. So <laughs> I'm going to go interview this guest for my show. The interview went fantastic. Now I'm going to have surf and turf. I'm going to have steak and lobster for dinner because that's my favorite kind of meal. <laughs> and then after that, I'm going to go get a few beers and go dancing with my friends. Boom. That's it. That's the best night. <laughs> It actually seems very uh, too much fun and exciting to me. Uh, I hope you I hope you can find out a day when you can really do all these uh, activities together. A last question that I would want to ask from you is um, not actually a question, but your thoughts again on we talked about fulfillment um, earlier. And um, so when you have to sort of um, give an advice to yourself when you were, let's say, 15 16 year old um and you know the way you see things now and the way you used to see things then would be different but if you could go and talk to yourself and tell something that would um make things better now what would those things be i would say that status doesn't matter that's really the thing is you have to be able to take ego out of it. And when you're young, when I was young, I wanted to compare myself to, you know what I mean? In, in America, we talk about keeping up with the Joneses because you compare yourself to the person next to you all the time. That's just natural. I would tell myself, dude, you got to let go of that. It's not important how you compare it to the people around you. Uh-huh. It's completely irrelevant. Either you're happy and proud of what you're doing or you're not. You don't need to compare to the next person. You don't have to make more money than anybody else. It's not important. If I could have eliminated that, then I probably would have gotten into what I wanted to do even sooner. Thankfully, yeah. I figured that out pretty young anyways, you know, so I don't regret how I spent my time. But that's I think that's what I would tell myself. Yeah. So I'm assuming that I mean, of course, you would have had friends or colleagues from your corporate life or from school or college. And it might be possible that some of them are doing better than you financially. But all that really does not matter because because you are happy in the way you are leading your life. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I I mean, my life, like I like the way that I have freedom, you know, like when I was young, I made more money than all my friends. Now, most of them make more money than me. But currently, like I said, I'm from Wisconsin. I'm currently on a two month vacation just because I can. I close my shop because it's winter there. There's snow. I close my skateboard shop for two months and I'm sitting down in Florida by a beach for like two months straight, kind of (laughs) relaxing. I mean, I'm still doing stuff, but I have the I have different freedoms. You know what I mean? So it doesn't doesn't matter. It, this and, is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> at the end of the day, it's all about your your priorities, the way you like your life and the way you would want to do things, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Chris, for the conversation. It was absolutely fantastic talking to you. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. This was really fun. Thank you. Thank you so much, you guys, for tuning into this podcast, People's Stories. If you are aware of somebody who has inspired you and would want me to share their stories with all of you guys, then please feel free to connect with me. My name is Priyanka Ota and you can find me by the same name on LinkedIn. On Instagram, my account name is People's Stories Pod. I'm going to come with another exciting episode, so stay tuned and stay happy, stay healthy.